Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. This is Dale Jr. and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Outside, door, bumper, clear the AT. Best car ahead here in a long time. You're going to do it. You're going to win it. Right with you. You're clear. Check the flag. You win. Oh, yeah! Woo! Do you want inside information? You will not be able to repeat it to your kids, but you will learn and you will laugh. Door Bumper Clear is on. Hey, everybody. I'm TJ Major, spotter of the 88 Cup Car, 7 Xfinity Car, and the 29 Pickup Truck. And uh, joining me normally, Brett Griffin, spotter, Elliot Sadler, Clint Boyer. And rumor has it we have a special guest today. Yeah. The, Any truth to the rumors? The jet. Yeah, introduce him, KB. Let's hear it. Hey, guys. We have a special guest. I don't know why he decided to come on the show, but we have Jason Jarrett. Hi, guys. Welcome. Thank, thank you for uh, having me on today. I'm not real sure why I subjected <laughs> myself to this. Oh, yeah. It's going to be uh, bad. It could be bad. Yes. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> let's get this started. Josh, how is the football game? Josh doesn't have a headset. He doesn't have a headset. Just slip it. Uh, Josh said it was really fun. Uh, he They really sucked. They lost. Tennessee lost. Yeah. So Kansas, what do you think? Oh, let's thank Exalta. Yeah, let's thank Exalta for, for this awesome, awesome studio. Look at the backdrop, Jason. What do you think about that? It's That's nice. We hung those. TJ and I actually hung we those. We made them. With a T-square. Yeah. We made them. Yeah, with Exalta paint. We did. We got some Exalta paint and sat here for a few hours. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to uh, One Man for bringing this podcast to you guys today. Jason, before we dive into this, man, tell everybody who you're spotting for and what you've been up to lately. I'm the uh, spotter for Ryan Newman. In the Cup Series, Blake Cook and John Hunter Nemechek. John Hunter, that's a popular name around junior <laughs> motorsports. I knew that might get your attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's the guy that wrecked our guy. But but fortunately, none of us were there that weekend. None of us were there. We were we all got, watching. We got to watch it from Darlington. Yeah. 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 The truck shop's right up the road. Do you want to stop by? <laughs> I wouldn't have a problem stopping by there. I mean, you weren't there anyway. So I wasn't there. No, we were all watching it. So, Newman, man, good news. He's coming back next year. That probably means good things for you, right? Yes. I'm in the uh, process of uh, finishing up my uh, my deal for next year. Yeah. So, um, good things on that, that front. Blake's still in the uh, chase. Yep. Blake Cock or Blake Cook? Blake Cook. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it's he, spelled Cock to me. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I heard you say like that last Coke week. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> So, so Kristen is surprised that we actually are under contract as spotters. She mm-hmm. thought we just could kind of bounce around and go week to week with whoever we wanted. Well, Hamlin does. <laughs> <laughs> he actually does. Kind of, yeah, a little yeah. bit. That's pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. 
So that's good, man. You got like I honestly am surprised. I didn't know if Ryan was going to be back there or not. Like that was kind of a question that I don't know if anybody really knew what was going to go on with that. But uh, that's good for uh, him, and I think that's a good fit for him too. Yeah, yeah. Silly season is about to get really silly. I've heard a lot of things this week with some cup teams shutting down, some cup teams selling charters. This is really our first full year of having a charter in place, and there's some guys outside of the top charter teams. The 95 team, believe it or not, that wants a charter. Obviously, the 21 wants a charter. Rumor JTG starting a second team. They would want a charter. So I think we're within a couple weeks of really hearing what's going to play out on the charter side team side and still a couple drivers that hadn't made definite moves next year so and if we break the news here it comes true in like two or three weeks yeah according yeah. to sports business there's Journal now. there's just too many jobs at risk mm-hmm. for me to have the, the guts to tell you what i'm hearing but uh i don't know i think there's a lot of things we, we had the, the silly season start sooner than it ever has with Stuart Haas saying we're switching manufacturers mm-hmm. and now it's like nothing happened nothing happened i think we're getting ready to hear the hammer drop on all that stuff so, Jason, we obviously with your last name, we know you come from a long lineage of racing blood. But that's a big word. Yeah. Give us uh, give us the down and dirty, <clears throat> quick and where you come from, how you got into it, what you're up to. Um. Well, obviously, if you connect the name Dale Jarrett, Ned Jarrett, have to throw Glenn Jarrett in there. You got to throw Glenn. I love throw Glenn. Glenn Jarrett in there. <laughs> yeah. He uh he he's awesome. Uh. So. I uh, I did attempt to drive for about uh, ten years. Uh, made it made it basically to the ARCA series. If you if you want to look back at what I did full time, I ran five five full years in the ARCA series. Um, I did attempt to about a season's worth of the Xfinity series. Didn't didn't go very well. Um, a lot of people would make excuses about it. Um, but what I can say is I basically was as good as I was going to get that far into it. Right. Um, so the ARCA series is where I had the most success and uh, transitioned into a spotter um, 2006, yeah. 2005. And uh, that's where I've been on the roof ever since. I'm going to defend his Xfinity career because he got to a team that we all thought was going to be a great opportunity for him when he got to base motorsports. I mean, that was probably the most prominent Xfinity team he got to. Uh, later drove for his dad for a few races. But the base motorsports guys were coming off a couple championships with LaJoy a few years prior. But for whatever reason, the Bumgarner guy, like the year before Jason got there, they just started losing their competitive edge. So, uh, again, Jason won races in ARCA, did good in Xfinity. He actually started a cup race at Talladega, same race his dad was in, which was awesome. It was a cool race. Um, I believe it's the same race um, It is that Elliott, flip down the back straight. Some of my better work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Clear. Oh. I remember, I remember seeing that and uh um, that that was not one of the better things you want to see as you're as you're going 200 <laughs> miles an hour down the back stretch at Talladega. Yeah. Yeah, you're not a selfish guy, but I got to ask you this. Gentleman Ned, Dale, obviously Glenn, not a lot for Glenn to really brag about on the driver's side either. Uh but but looking at your career in racing, what's your favorite moment looking back at all all the family Opportunity. I mean, you're a third generation Jarrett legacy guy. That's a big deal. Well, from from a personal standpoint, I have to say, winning the uh, the first ARCA race at at Kansas Speedway in 2001, it, it has to be on the top of the list. Um, from a from a selfish or a driver standpoint, but uh, from a family standpoint, um, through all of the 
you know, race wins that I was there for my dad um, and all the moments that I've traveled to races with my grandfather. But I have to say both of them going into the hall, NASCAR mm-hmm. Hall of Fame yeah. and being there yeah. to uh, to experience that with them. Uh, that's my probably my two favorite moments. I think TJ can relate to this question because we spot for really good friends of ours now. How hard was it to spot for your dad? It was definitely harder. Um, I, I didn't realize it at the time because he was nice enough to give me um, my my first uh, spotting job at that level. Yeah. Um, and I, I didn't realize how much harder it was. But um, since then, I've realized that you, you definitely um, – I was probably a little bit more conservative, I, yeah. guess, I guess is the best way to put it. Just because it um, was your dad. Yeah, just because it was your dad. Yeah. Just because you knew that if you made a big mistake, there was going to be a little bit more emphasis put on, oh, well, that's his son doing that job. Right. Uh, not someone that, that's good at it. Yeah. But since then, with him giving me that opportunity, since then I've been with five or six other drivers and uh, found a pretty good home with Ryan and uh, – I feel like he and I make a good connection, and uh, I don't have to be – I mean, I don't have to be conservative like I was with uh, when I was with my dad. He's, a, he's aggressive too, though, so, you know, it works. He's the type of guy, like, <clears throat> he will take it into his own hands, and he's comfortable doing that, and it makes it easier on the spotters when the drivers do that stuff. Like, I was watching off turn two when he was trying to pass the 47. That – I know you didn't clear him until after he had already pretty much cleared himself because that 47 was like basically – I mean, he was making a hole. Well, I think you're talking about when we were trying to clear the six. Oh, it might um, have been the six. Yeah, it was the six. Yeah, their their okay. cars kind of look similar. Yeah. They, um, they race similar too. They uh, – that <laughs> – you know, I, I think he and I both shared some responsibility in that particular yeah. moment in the race because I know how hard the six is to pass. Oh, uh, you got to clear him. And it's so, like passing a kidney stone. Um <laughs> Uh, he luckily, luckily Ryan uh, was, he, was smart enough to kind of be straight when he knew that the six was going yeah, to. Yeah, uh, he knew how to make yeah. it harder on the six and where he knew how to make the six lift without you having to clear him within a foot. Yeah. As soon as you see that six lift, you're clearing him, but he's basically already made the move to to make it easier on us. But, yeah, I mean, we're it's still a tense situation. It's hard as a spotter, too, but Ryan's the um, – he's very – his awareness is really high when he's driving. He knows how to make guys – react you know make certain moves and when the lift and stuff and and uh he obviously knows how to make it hard to pass when he wants to as well i think the personal toughness for me in my career was and tj can speak to this too you spot for elliot all day and then you fly home with him and it's just you and him on the plane so if you screw up it's awkward you know like you you literally spend 500 miles going i'm not screwing up this flight home yeah i i that's only really happened uh one time and that's when you know this is back this is uh not long after we started at hendrick and that we got that cot and i don't think any of them drivers liked that car i think it made them all angry during the race because no one they all drove bad and uh yeah that only happened one time i don't think uh i don't think we spoke on the ride to the airport the airplane ride (laughs) we finally spoke in the car riding home yeah and uh it was interesting for about five minutes but after that it was just done and yeah end over yeah. with but i yeah. had that happen at uh the the year i spotted for the first year i spotted for dad at uh sonoma yeah uh we uh that's a long flight home by the way <laughs> five hours yeah. is a yeah. long flight yeah. they they come up out of turn two basically where we can see the car is the best right and there's two or three cars that are uh that are stopped and i just totally i just totally missed it i was late 
yep. Um, yep. missed the call. He and Bobby Labonte and maybe two other cars just pile in up there off of turn two. Dad, like, breaks a bone in his wrist. Yeah, oh screwed God. his golf game up. Uh, yeah, for like a year. <laughs> yeah. Um, so needless to say that he would talk to me even even now is, is pretty amazing. But uh, definitely screwed up the flight home. Yeah. Uh, said said in silence. Luckily, he probably listened to some music. But yeah. Him yeah. talking to me, that didn't happen nah. on the flight. Uh, thank God we can all hug it out now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that would have been awkward. You guys want to go into spot on, spot off? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is that what you're Do you want me? to? That's what that elbow in your ribs means. <laughs> All right. So have you ever listened to the podcast, You Won't Hurt Our Feelings, if you say no? Yes. I've You'll listened. hurt Brett's feelings. Yes. Okay. So spot on, spot off. We'll start with you. And you just say whether it's spot on or spot off. Okay. And cool. why. We'd like to hear why. You got to say it like Brett. And this is why. And this say is it. why. And this is why. All right. Martinsville adds light. Spot on, spot off. I, I say spot off. I, I like I like Martinsville the way it is. Um, I'm just not a big fan of night racing. I'll go. Uh, I go. I'm actually going to use both here. I go spot off because, like Jason said, I like the Sunday. I like the Sunday day race at Martinsville, but I also the only way I will be spot on with it is I think it would be a great Saturday night. I I don't like my like he said I don't like night races at mile and a half especially. Martinsville, I think, will be a little bit different because you can't get away. Whether it's light or dark, you're not going to be able to get away from each other. If you're mad and the guy runs into you, he's not going to get away that easily. So they'll still be, you know, there's always the great thing about Martinsville is you can watch the leaders and they're not, you know, they're driving hard and stuff. But there's always something going on somewhere on the racetrack that I don't think the TV gets half the time. Like there's always somebody bumping into somebody or, and they don't get all that. So that that I don't think is going to change um, now is. That's the only way I really like the lights is if we can run it on a Saturday. I don't, you know, I don't want the chance to stay there and, you know, oh, Sunday it's raining. We're going to be here till nine o'clock or midnight on Sunday night now for a, for a race. I don't, I don't like that aspect of it. I'm spot on and here is why. <laughs> because in the chase, we don't have time to, to wait out to be done at six o'clock. So these lights enable us to do exactly what TJ doesn't want to do. They enable us to be able to finish the race on Sunday night. When we go to Marksville, it gets dark at six o'clock. So yeah. if we can't start the race by two o'clock, which for some reason, some of these clowns want to start these races late and make us miss opportunities to race if we even get a, a small rain shower. So these lights, I think I've said it before, every single track in the chase, with the exception of Talladega, should be required to have lights to get these races in for the fans, to get the races in for the TV audience, and to get the races in for us. When we leave Martinsville, we have to go out west for two weeks. It's not a quick trip to Texas, a quick trip to Phoenix. So we need that day back for the potential rain out. That's why I'm spot on. You're the minority though, right? Over like everything that was social, you know, in what? the way you think. Social, yeah. Everyone was like, this is a really bad idea. I, I, Mars was a great racetrack, man. Yeah, I, I find is. it hard to believe that we can't run a great, like Bristol. To me, I think I love the Bristol night race. The, <clears> the thing about the lights for me is it screws up the mile and a half racing. Yeah. During the day, the track is slick. The track produces better racing. And for some reason, we've trended toward night races at those places. Night races are cool at short tracks. We all grew up racing on Saturday night. Yeah. So, so that's cool. We got that Morse Jeez. code back. Yeah. But to the point, I'm not a fan of night racing at all on anything that isn't a short track. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Anywhere... <clears throat> I don't mind uh, 
you know, places like a Rock Rockingham wouldn't bother me. That'd be fine for a night race, just because you know there's so much fall off in the tires. We'd be the only ones there too, because yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> that uh, but uh, like you said, night racing, short track night racing is what most of these guys grew up on, and that's where they came from. And that and the night racing at Mile and a Half, it's so grippy and cool. It cools off. They and there's really, so much. They grip. didn't really announce the intention of adding lights, did they? No. No. They did already announce that next year's late model. Big yeah, late model show Saturday night. The lights. Yeah, Saturday that's night. That's cool, though. That should be. Man, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I cool. mean, I, I, and honestly, that gives us a chance because um, we're normally in Kansas. They just ran it this last weekend. We're normally in Kansas and can't really keep up with it that well. Now, it, I think it's better for that because now it's going to give that race more attention. People are going to be able to watch it and tweet about it, and that's going to be. Yeah. I mean, if you got Dale Jr. sitting in Kansas tweeting about his late model guy leading the race or running the race, you're going to people will be tuning into it and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a a win there. Well, and I, how about this next topic? Uh, spot on, spot off. I signed an autograph for a door bumper clear fan. Was that your first autograph you've ever signed? No. No way. Well, I want to hear about the first one. Michigan, there was a guy that had a bag full of photos. So he had like Dale and Amy. And you? Had, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's. And he asked me, to, he listens to door bumper clear and he asked me to sign okay. my picture that I think he what pulled off my was Facebook it? page. Oh. It was like my profile picture because my Facebook's private. Yeah. Yeah, you should open it up. I want to say spot on because was. <laughs> but this that's guy, the guy. The guy this past weekend was so nice. Was he hot? He wasn't weird at all. Was he hot? He was attractive. Yeah. So wasn't you're he hot. there with that woman? He's hot. Yeah. She this, was attractive this too. This is awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. He was, had, he was wearing a door bumper clear shirt he that was. TJ had signed. Yeah. And yep. then he bought a new one. Nice. And he had all of us sign it, and he had seventy five percent. He didn't. Have he, he was Josh cool. He's a. He's a he was a really nice happy guy. Happy to be there. You could tell he was a, a good race fan. Like, he was happy to be there. And I stuff. had more people stop me in the garage there to say they listen to this podcast than anywhere mm. we've been. So, <laughs> Kansas must be a big following. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. Did Thank you, you do it neatly or just scribble it? It was actually really tough to do with a Sharpie it on is. a shirt. you yeah. got to hold it really tight. you got to have people hold it. Yeah, tight's important. I should have consulted very... you, the autograph guru, before I yeah. well, did it. It's just common sense. Fabric moves. Spot on, spot off. NASCAR announces a reduction in downforce. Wait, I didn't get spot on on that or an off. You didn't give it's me the your t-shirt. Oh, oh. We know it's spot your... on, Jason. <laughs> I'll say spot on. <laughs> Sign every autograph you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, now you can go. <laughs> spot on, spot off. NASCAR announces a reduction in downforce for 2017. Brett. Spot off. I want to hear reduction of side force. You know, I know downforce side force can play together, but. You know, we've talked about how slam these cars are. Downforce is important. We're going to make the spoiler smaller. How? It's like three quarters of an inch tall now. Is the I, side skirt rant coming? I want to see. Not yet. I want to <laughs> see the right rear have like four inches cut off the quarter panel. Like, do something to take side force off these cars. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go spot on. I think anytime we can take some downforce away. Every no matter what, it always seems like the teams find more. If NASCAR takes something away and does something, and we lose, you know, fifty counts of downforce, the teams find it back. We we chip away at it and get back to it. So anytime I think, and I think the seventeen package, when we ran it, I thought they were good races. You could see the guys. I thought the drivers had to drive harder, and they don't necessarily like it all much. But I think it's pretty awesome to watch whenever we run that seventeen package. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll. I think it's going to even the playing field up quite a bit too. I say spot on. Anytime they try to make the racing better, you have to say spot on. Especially with downforce. 
when they there's a while there we had just way too much downforce. I mean that with that splitter like, right now. like the splitter on the ground. I'd like to get rid of the splitter to be honest with you. Yeah. It ruins race cars. Like before when we had a valence in the front, you could get in the grass, spin out. Now come when right, the come when, right back. Dude, there was an oil cooler on the front stretch from somebody just getting into the grass. It's two. That's not right. It tore it's, the whole front clip yes, off that car. There was literally a legit oil cooler sitting at the start finish line. It yeah. ripped it out of the car. Yeah. Just for spinning into the grass. There is no way they shouldn't have brought that car down pit road, kicked the valence back out, and went back out there and raced. We are ruining race cars with that splitter. Yeah. But to me, anyway. Well, I mean, the downside of it goes back to what you were saying. The teams the teams are almost already ahead of yeah, they, um, the rule changes. They're, they're going to fine-tune gonna it. Up. They yeah, are, they're going to fine-tune it still. Yeah. But I just, I, like, I know you don't like the side skirts, but I don't like the splitter. It just ruins race cars, man. I see a kid spin out at Charlotte in Xfinity practice. And he spins down in the grass, should be just a solo spin. No, it destroys the car. That Last year was it that guy that spun out twice, destroyed two race cars, the yeah. 79 or whatever car Never it was. Never hit anything. Never hit a thing. Hit the grass. Tore the whole front and off both them race cars. Mm. What so. was it Kyle Busch said last year? We needed to do away with all grass. Did he say that? Somebody was saying it, but, I, you know, I, I disagree with that. I mean, in the grass, it's part of I mean, we can't it's just – pretty. We can't pave the whole front stretch at, you know, Kansas or something like that. We'd be racing on it. Yeah, we would be cutting it. We would <laughs> yeah. be driving through it. Yeah. That's yep. a good point. <laughs> spot on, spot off. Kyle Busch and Kyle Larson were penalized 30 minutes of practice for swerving at Charlotte. Uh, well, spot on for them for doing something. You know, hey, they said not to do it and you do it. That's a pretty uh, severe penalty for, and, you know, for, for doing something like that. But it, it was kept real quiet, though to me it was kept quiet yeah it was kept pretty quiet i so. say spot off i don't think this is far enough if you're going to penalize them for cheating put them the last car on the lap they're on or make them miss the whole first practice make them go qualify with zero practice yeah this I, still isn't a deterrent because when we look at friday at kansas the first 15 minutes of the practice was spent removing arca rubber anyway yeah mm-hmm. it wasn't that big of a penalty it's, it's not as big as it sounds no we honestly we all unload. You don't really change your car that much from when you unload unless you're just way off. And most of these guys, so they all have they have teammates. You think Kyle notebook Kyle uh, Kyle's notebook's not very thick. I mean, he's got three other yeah. championship contenders right there to bounce off of. And you know, uh, Larson's got the one car. He's already out there running laps or whatever. So they're not. I don't really think that's even doing a whole lot. I'll say spot off. It's not. It's not really a, a penalty. They have plenty of practice. Both of these guys run the Xfinity races. Um, they have plenty of laps, so that, that's not much of a penalty for what they were um, attempting to, to get their car back in alignment or whatever that does. Yeah. Yeah. Christy, you want to take a break? Hey, Junior Nation. Now more than ever, exclusive, entertaining, and free content from the world of Dale Earnhardt Jr. is no further away than your fingertips. It's all thanks to Dale Jr.'s Dirty Mo' Radio presented by Exalta. All eight Dirty Mo' Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, DaleJr.com. So whether you're at home, at work, in the gym, on the run, or just hanging out, Dirty Mo' Radio gives Junior Nation its newest and most versatile way yet to plug directly into the world of Earnhardt anytime, anywhere. This is Kelly Earnhardt Miller. Tune in every other Wednesday to listen to Fast Lane Family right here on Dirty Mo' Radio. Are you ready? TJ, stop sniffling. You need a tissue? 
All right, so we're going to go into fast lane. I'm going to give TJ and Brett and Jason a topic to debate, and each gets 30 seconds to voice their opinion. Y'all ready? We're ready. TJ, you're going first, okay? No. Is Kyle Busch the best Xfinity Series driver of all time? No. He is not. <laughs> this is where you give one-word answers. He is not the best Xfinity driver of all time. He is simply a really good Unlying. driver. He is a really good, talented driver, but he's in cars that turn themselves and he basically does nothing. They're robot cars? He is. I don't even think he wears his fire suit. He just sits there with one hand on the wheel and kind of rides it <laughs> like a Cadillac. <laughs> what? Jason, I don't know how he yeah. fell up after that. He's in. Uh, he's obviously in very good, very good race cars, but so was Mark Martin when he was winning all the races. Um, it, it's hard to just flat out say someone is the best, but he's definitely the the best right now. And uh, back when, you know, back when Mark Martin was dominating, he was the best at that time. Win so. Dixie car. Exactly. Yeah. And that 60 would hit the track. Here's why he's not the best. Go back and look at his stats when he drove his own car with a number 54 Monster Energy Toyota. He sucked. He could yeah. not win a race. He could not run top five. Everybody was kicking his ass. He realized it. He merged all that with JGR to get himself back in good equipment so he could make himself look good. Yes, he's talented. Yes, he's one of the best. No, he's not the best. Anyone want a rebuttal? I think we all agreed and no. Cup heads to Talladega this weekend. Dega is always a crapshoot for what can happen. What is more likely to cause the big one at Dega, the spotter or the driver? Jason? The wow, spot. I get to yeah. go first on that one. Yeah. And we're going to need a name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think ultimately, the the no matter what, the driver is is always either the the one that wins the race or the ones that cause the wrecks he turns the wheel there's very few times that the spotter is actually the the cause of the wreck now lack of information not saying anything at all sure that can cause a wreck but i i say uh i say driver i'm actually going to the alabama texas a&m game so i may be the reason for the big one on sunday uh i believe that the driver has the steering wheel. He has the mirror. I'm giving my guy the information. So hopefully it's certainly not the spotter for the 15 car. Yeah. I, you know, there's a good chance it's the, it could be the spotter now, though, because they're going to be talking to these drivers into aggressive moves. Uh, and if you don't describe it early enough, you know, obviously the driver's turning the wheel. But if you don't, if you're trying to tell them that he's, there's a big run coming on the top and they're five back, you know, by the time you get done telling them, they're two back, and he tries to get up there, and there's just not quite room. I mean, that that could be a problem. It's going to be – you know, what we all see, no matter what happens, is frequently the driver gets on television and says, well, my spotter didn't tell me. What, th- does that happen often where they throw the spotter under the bus knowing that they have to work with him for the rest of the year? Yeah. Really? I've been lucky that, that it hasn't happened. I think uh, it happens – it's less likely like to in the happen. Heat of the moment or what? Um, well, that it's less likely to happen when you have a good relationship with the driver and spotter. But when the driver and spotter don't have a, when they just have basically a working relationship and they're not they're not comfortable, is you know, you know, not just not personal with their driver as much. Then you might have like there's no loyalty. Yeah, right, like you've been with Elliot for what 15, 13, 15 years. So. Elliot's like, not going to get on there. Dale Junior's not going to get on there yeah. and say, "Man, well, Tudor didn't tell me this guy was coming." Yeah, you know, it, he, he's not going to do that. So, and I'm not. It doesn't even cross my mind that he would do that. So, yeah. Jason, cross- have you ever been thrown under the bus? 
I, I mean, I may have, but publicly or on an interview or anything like that, I don't remember it. Um, I feel like Ryan, he's uh, he's pretty straight up. He's gonna come to me if he has a problem. Yeah. So we have a we have a good relationship. Yeah. The hard the hard part for us, and and I don't mean us three. I mean us forty spotters, is they have our in car audio. So it's really easy for them to pull it up and put TV with it. What they don't do, though, is sync up what we're seeing with what we're saying. For whatever reason, when TV replays stuff, we're three to five seconds behind when we're actually yeah. saying it. So it's easy for TV to kind of misconstrue some of that, too. And two to three seconds is huge. huge. Oh, two to three tenths of a second. Yeah, two to three huge. seconds in our lot, no matter where you're at, Martinsville or Talladega. Yeah. yeah. Two to three seconds is pretty big. Yeah. So, yeah. The All-Star Race is in need of a makeover. What are your thoughts on this idea? Top 10 qualifying drivers from all three top series race at once in their series cars? What? I know. I think this sounds awesome. (laughs) Sounds awful. Here's the thing. You get the Kyle Bushes and Joey Logano's out of the Xfinity cars, right? You get them out of the truck series. You have 10 best cup drivers, 10 best Xfinity drivers, 10 best truck drivers in their respective cars in the same race at the same time. We say go. Clearly the cup cars are going to win. They're supposed to. They're the all-stars. But we make it really challenging for those 30 guys to go out there and do their job. Man, I don't I, – I don't – that's that's impossible. <laughs> that would be so – that would be really funny. There's not enough spotters. <laughs> like, there's not enough <laughs> spotters for all that. That would even make it even better, right? Uh, Everyone yeah, has that, new spotters. Yeah, or, or no spotter. Or you do both your cars or trucks or whatever you got <laughs> oh at one time. Like, yeah, I mean <laughs> – Jason. Simple. Just go. Just put the all-star race at a short track. Yeah. Martin's under the lights. Saturday night, have some inverting going on or something. Have a fan come out of the stands, draw a pill out. He picks six. We'll put the sixth-place guy in the pole and see what he's got. Or there was a uh, – there was, what about the all-star race where they uh, – <laughs> I just like to censor. It wasn't his, even his time that, to uh, <laughs> Like, I thought the Charlotte idea was pretty good, like where a certain amount of guys couldn't pit. If there's tire fall-off, that could be pretty – that could be pretty fun if there was some tire fall off because I'd love to see. Yeah, that last all-star race was great. Well, what about, like, <laughs> you put a guy with tires Jesus. at a short track to get up through there. That'd be pretty good. mile and a half is hard to do because there's just so much air dependent. You get to a short track, though, and you give a guy in 10th with tires to come up through there. Yeah. That could get pretty interesting. Definitely. Should we have quickie yellows near the end of a race? TJ? Jason, you go first. Jason. Jason. Let Jason go yeah, first. Yeah, me and Brett were talking about this. I mean, it happened at the end of both races this weekend. I, I don't think it should happen in the chase for sure. Explain what a quickie yellow is. Okay, you explain what a quickie yellow is. <laughs> Jason? No, normally, if the caution comes out, when pit road, when the uh, when the director opens pit road, he'll do what they call the cycle. So um, the lead lap cars get a chance to pit first, the first time by. The lap down cars the second time by so when it's a quickie yellow that means everyone whether you're five laps down or on the lead lap you can pit and i i just think in the chase it um it, it just shouldn't happen either at the end of end of the chase race or in the chase at all you should not have quickie yellows yeah I, i'm torn on this one because i don't like quickie yellows but i also like green flag racing too and if you do the quickie yellow you get you're obviously gaining a lap of green flag racing um, I don't know. It, you know, I, I see what you're saying. Though I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want the leaders all to be pitting if there's a bunch of lap cars coming down. But most of the time, at that point, if it's a quick yellow, we've already had a previous yellow that was close to it. Um, and they they know everyone's probably not going to pit, so there's really no reason to 
to have that long, drawn-out caution period. The only time the quick yellow should be permitted is if we're at the end of a race and we've just run five or less laps under green. What happened this past weekend is we had run a lot of laps. They throw the quick yellow. All the cars come down pit road. The lap down cars are going to screw up the lead mm -hmm. lap cars pit stops because it's not easy to get in and out when pit road's full. Bad, bad move. It, it happened to us in the Xfinity race. Yeah. Did we it had, really? Yeah, we were coming out of our pit box. Blake was coming out of his pit box. Blake Cox? Yes, and uh, there was a there was a, a lap down car that obviously was later than us getting on pit road coming into yeah. his box. Yeah. Did you want to say who that lap down car was? I, I don't even remember who it was. So, Mike Harmon. Let's say it's Mike Harmon. <laughs> no, nah, you so, say his name enough. I uh, I know what you're saying, but this goes back to um, also you take that into consideration when you qualify and you pick your pit stalls. This is more more of a reason to go out there and try to be the best you can in qualifying because then you get the opening out or whatever, you know what I mean? You get the opening in, then you can get to distinguish on where your stall is going to be. But You remember how uh, bad the 88s qualified most of the year? I was remembering the last two weeks, buddy. <laughs> That's good. Short-term memory. Like a fish, <laughs> man. Like golf. Fish have short-term memory? Three seconds. What? Really? <laughs> What? <laughs> All right. The off-the-wall topic. Tony Romo went down in the preseason for an injury. The rookie quarterback, Dak Prescott, has taken the team to a 4-1 and record and first <clears> in the <throat> NFC East. In your opinion, should Romo regain his position as QB when he's cleared to play? No. Brad? Romo sucks. Tony Romo what? Tony Romo's terrible. Went this what? guy has went won down. one playoff game in 10 years in the league. He, he's the reason the Dallas Cowboys are on the decline, he and Jerry Jones. I was a lifelong Cowboys fan. <laughs> I was going to say, I you're stopped, a Cowboys fan Stop pulling for him because a Romo who can't catch a, a snap to kick a, a freaking field goal to win a wow. playoff game. You are. I'm over that guy. You are. Wow, man. I'm going. You Should we bring Danny Earnhardt Jr. in here? Do you hold grudges? Jeez. Yes. I feel like we need to get Tony on here. Dang, bro. <laughs> I've always been a Cowboys fan. Yeah, you too. Still a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Keep uh, keep what's working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Dak's doing a good job. The team's doing a good job. Yeah. Keep well, they're going. winning. <clears throat> they I mean, winning. That, I will say that drafting that running back was a very wise decision yeah. compared to what, like, if you follow some of the pre-draft stuff. His last name's Elliot. I can't say his first name. Well, Ezekiel. 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 Did you see his uh, picture He's of him doing an interview and his, basically his underwear with a suit on top? No. Yeah, they were interviewing him for Sports Center or something, and he looked like he had a suit on. Yeah. Dude had a top, a suit on the top, and underwear on the bottom. Yeah, seems comfortable. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I think it'd be hard to mess that up, man. I think those guys are playing off him. I think the veteran guys are loving the rookies coming in there, and they're playing good. When are they predicting he's going to be cleared to play? Another Should couple be in weeks. the next two weeks. Yeah, yeah trade him. But I like Dax. I like Dax. Uh, <laughs> I like his um his attitude with it, like saying, "Hey, you know, this is still this guy's team." You know, that's the way. That's probably the way it needs to be because that's the guy that went down. And Tony Roma actually is a pretty good quarterback. He just shows that he just has that colossal three interceptions a game. <laughs> he's good when he plays a bad team. He's good. <laughs> he just they're you know I I don't know man I think their defense has struggled and they're they haven't built their defense up enough to 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 counteract because he scores a lot of points a game. He's a good you know good quarterback for that. But uh, I don't know they're they're doing good this year. I think it'd be hard to pass up like you said. How do you, how do you mess up something that's working? I mean, I don't think I don't know if I would do it or not. How many years has Prescott been in the league? It's a rookie, rookie quarterback oh, on the sorry, question. Sorry, I missed wow. that. So they play the the Eagles coming up, so he'll <laughs> really? be against Carson Wentz. Yeah, that'll rookie, be a good game. Rookie, Carson rookie. who? Wentz. Carson Wentz. Who? 
North Dakota State University Bison. Yeah. yeah. He's not doing very good lately. So, hashtag AskDBC. Producer Josh has chosen a few questions from the Twitter sphere and our Facebook page to ask the guys here today. So, we'll start out with Apparetta3000, who asks, what is the best mile-and-a-half track for action? Hmm. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I like Kansas. Kansas was good. Had different lanes. I mean, bottom, middle, and top. Yeah. You know, you had guys that could run the fence. You have guys that can't run the fence. And you got the guys that would – that really discipline themselves and get down there and run the bottom and then you got the other guys like you know brett's guy and the other guy that is in the middle the whole time can't figure it out i, I think <laughs> i think it's uh for me homestead is a really good mile and a half track kansas is a really good mile and a half track what we learn is they all have the potential to be great if we stop repaving these places the key is old asphalt yeah and tire wear if you the tires fall off, it's it's the even Kansas better. tire was not a great tire. We know we all got to the end of the run and we're all running thirties and forties. Like yeah, from the time we started until we got to thirties or forties, it was pretty darn good. But once we all got to running thirties and forties, I mean, even guys that were running thirtieth were running the same lap time. So it we that that was not a great tire this weekend, not in my opinion. I thought it was a pretty good combination. I didn't think it was what overly What happened to your it. guy? Like, you've got this stupid fast race car, and I see you come off a of two around a bunch of guys that you probably shouldn't have made it three wide with. They run you in the fence. I was not surprised to see you get run in the fence. Uh, just Alex making probably a little bit of a mental mistake. No one he not did. He admitted it. He yeah. said he just should. He said he – we the 32, we weren't really sure. He was down low enough to where we could have got out there. Yeah. And I think he was going to leave us a lane, but the 46 was running the bottom, and you know he's going to need all the grooves like on Like I next just end. said, those so, two guys, you don't do that around. Well, the 46 started coming up, and I think that just kind of it just pushed everything up. And Alex just – he come on there and said, too, he's like, man, I, you know, I messed that one up. I shouldn't have went out there yeah. like that. And, I mean, he admitted it right away. I looked so. up, and Alex was on the top of one of two, running 225 miles an hour. And here's yeah. these two other two guys – running like 85 miles an hour, and Alex tries to go in there and cram it in there. I'm like, this ain't going to yeah. work. It didn't work. I'll give wow. him credit, though, man. He gets up by that wall. I didn't I – mean, he does good. Yeah. Alex's timing was working so good during that stretch. It so, was, yeah. I, you know, the, the car, whichever car was in the middle coming off a of two right there, I think he he got told that, that he was going to be three wide and, and just kind of – you know, he moved up just enough to not, not leave enough room for Alex. Yeah, they – the uh, the forty six starts sliding up a little bit, and Rocky came down there and said, "Man, I, we just need, you know, we we're trying to leave room, but whatever. I mean, it just it's just just one of them things that closes up quick, and yeah, you know, it, just Alex being too aggressive as a rookie. Yeah, that too, yeah. probably. Yeah. At Bradley eighty eight Billy asks, now that we are about finished, has the charter helped or hurt racing this year? I don't think it's changed the racing any. You know what it changes is who's locked in. You know who those franchisees are, or franchisers are that don't have to worry about making the race you know so from a racing standpoint i don't think it's changed anything it's just changed the business model yes yeah, definitely changed the business side of it for sure now you got like this off season will be the first real test of it uh what's going to happen in the off season but as far as the racing this year i mean it i don't think we i don't think we had a problem with sending guys home did we really in the cup side, I don't remember it being a problem. Might have helped a little bit in that aspect because we did yeah. we did rain a few times and some people normally like uh, might have got sent home. But um, I don't know. I'm not 100 percent sure on it. I'm, I don't think it's changed from from anything that affects our job or anything. Yeah, like that. it never came up. It never came up like, well, this guy's going home because of this. Yeah. And so, at I don't know what that word is. Asks 
I'm going to Talladega for the first time for the cup race this weekend. Any tips? TJ? Any tips? Is that guy? dragon in a different like spelling? Drahon. Drahon B. B. Uh, yeah, I mean, check out the infield. <laughs> Period. Definitely check out the infield. I mean, it, it's uh, entertaining. Don't take money. Don't yeah. take clothes. That you want to wear again. Take beads. Beads are all your friends. All beads. Just wear beads. Beat out. <laughs> Glue beads all over your body, and you'll have the best weekend you've ever yeah, had in your life. I mean, a stack of ones probably wouldn't hurt. Friday night, there's this big parade where they get all the drivers on these flatbed trucks, and they drive them through the infield. All you need is beads. Yeah. I'll, ju I'll just go with the International Motorsports Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, uh, that is actually pretty cool, too. Yeah, it's but, a great you know, museum. Yeah. Is that what the infield's called? <laughs> I don't know what you call it. <laughs> when was the last time you went out on that infield? It's been a little while. Yeah. Are you staying at the track? No, I can't. I'll oh, be on the infield man. all weekend. Uh, Have you been out on the infield? Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, geez, when it was really? On, when it was uh, Halloween. Did you? When it was actually on Halloween a couple of years ago. Yeah. Give beads or receive beads? No, I was fully You were clothed. working. Yeah. yeah. You're hmm. such a reserved person anyway. Boring. <laughs> Very boring. Never go to the emergency room. <laughs> so this will be a good one. No, we, the, we uh, would do like a hospitality and stuff in the infield um, when I worked for NASCAR and we'd go in there. It what's was the craziest awesome thing you've watching. seen on Talladega Boulevard? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> a lot of boobs. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Jason, craziest it's thing been, you've seen. It's been a long time since I've even That's okay. been there. I don't, I don't. You, go, you can I mean, say definitely, so. Definitely seen uh, lots of boobs. But <laughs> what about the, the tire guy? The tire guy with I've the tire? I've seen the tire guy. Yeah. The, he's crazy. Here's the thing about Talladega's schedule is we practice on Friday, and we really only practice for about 20 minutes. Intense. So all Friday afternoon, all the drivers are off. All they have to do on Saturday is run one timed lap by themselves. So on Friday night, they can actually go let their hair down and have a good time with the fans. They go out there on their golf carts. They walk up and down Talladega Boulevard. There's tons of bands, tons of live music, tons of DJs. Like, it's a really cool party on, on Friday night. So nowhere else do we go all year that the drivers take themselves into the infield to the fans like what happens. I mean, Danica does it. You know, Jeff Gordon does it. Big names. I've been out there with Jason's dad maybe for 30 minutes one time years ago after he stopped racing. But, man, it's just fun to go out there and see the fans. Yeah, it's not a crazy – it's crazy environment, but it's not like uh, – it's not over – Yeah, like I've never felt um, overwhelmed or like threatened or any of that stuff yeah. by what's going on there. It's super fun. I mean, you see a lot, but it's just people just want to have a good time it's and just blow off some Alabama steam. rednecks. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I like them. You'll yeah. enjoy the weekend. There, dragon, drogan, whatever. At Plumber Daver, one asks, in what ways do fans overstep their boundaries? Is this that same guy that lays pipe? <laughs> you say that every week. <laughs> it's him. He does it for a living, man. He lays pipe for a living. <laughs> Anyone want to answer this? I think the only people I've seen overstep their boundaries is the guy at Watkins Glen that went out to Matt Kenseth's car and asked for an autograph while we're still ultimately racing. That's weird. Even though he was under red. Like, fans, they can't come onto our field. It's not like a soccer field where the ball might hit you and you might get hurt. Like, these are 3,000-pound race cars. Mm -hmm. Stay off of our racing surface. I'll tell you this about professional wrestlers. When you come into their ring, they're instructed to beat <laughs> because 
they you're you're choosing to come into their office they don't know if what your intention is so when you step in a ring if you ever go back and google some of these wrestling matches where fans decide oh i'm going in the ring they get their ass kicked hmm. stay out of the the playing field I, I don't know i think whenever you go out and you see a driver in public they're out there enjoy you know enjoying their time like you do Give them the space, you know, when they're eating dinner or whatever and stuff. Give them the space that they – the worst thing is when you're sitting there with a mouthful of food and somebody comes up and says, you know, I don't mean to bother you, but – I'm going to bother you anyway. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you know, you're in the middle of dinner, and uh, I'm expecting to interrupt, you know, just interrupt you here. You guys will have to ask uh, Mike Davis. I don't know what year it was. My dad was still racing. We were at the helicopter – Helicopter pad in Michigan. I was there for that. Were you there for that? Yeah, the the, the, the fan snatched a hat off of yeah. Mike's head. Yeah. What? That, that what? was a little bit over the. So it was the retro. Even... We ran that retro eight car. This is uh, it was the retro Bud Eight. It was the last. Uh, he was still at DEI, I believe. And we ran that um, old school paint scheme, and he Mike Davis had a had a hat on for it, and we were standing there, and a fan goes, you know, he was really drunk too. He goes, hey, man, how about give me that hat? And Mike Davis was like, no, man, get, get out of here. Junior's like, why? Come on, man, he's got like 10 more of them at home or whatever. So the fan grabs it off Mike's head, like pulls it off Mike's head, and Mike just flips the switch and goes off on the guy. Me and Del Junior are like crying, laughing at it. Mike Davis, don't you ever talk to that guy? Like he was screaming at the guy, like going off and and. It was basically instigated by Dale Jr. It was hilarious. Uh, that was pretty far for a fan to go that That's far, though. Far. I mean, he literally grabbed it off his head. Did like, you ever have a fan make it up to the spotter stand? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. They bring beer and everything. Yep. How do they get up there? That's a good question. We can't get up there half the time, but fans can. <laughs> yeah. It happens. But security's up there, and they usually just throw them off. Yeah, yeah. we don't have a problem with the roof they, a whole and lot. And they usually love it, man. They usually love what they're they're able to see. You can tell when they get there, they're like, whoa, this is awesome, you know, and it, then, uh, you know, it's normal for us, but you can tell they're like, damn, this is cool. Then they start looking around thinking, all right, when am I getting kicked off? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> waiting for the guy to tackle them. Yeah. Alston W21 asks, your thoughts on NASCAR walking the fine line on limiting cup drivers from participating in lower series? I don't think it's that fine of a line. I mean, you, yeah, people are like, okay – you know, we got to have Brad in there. We got to have Kyle in this race for the money. You know, if you promote, if you get a good young driver in there that, that you can sell to the sponsors still, and that's what the series is for. It's not for Kyle Busch to go and make a name and get and get track time. It's for these guys. It's for Cole Custer. It's for John Hunter. It's for them guys to use as a stepping stone and, you know, to, to move up. And there's no reason why we still can't go find these young, good drivers and put him in there and have great races. I think I mean, Jason can speak to it from a driver perspective because he came up through the ranks and ran over 40 Xfinity races. For me, I think our challenge is now two things. Number one, Dash for Cash. Okay, We have this Dash for Cash promotion, and you can actually win Dash for Cash and not even run in the top five because five cup drivers or five non-eligible people can beat you, and you don't win. So it's really yeah. confusing for me to understand that that you know Justin Algar won a hundred grand, but he finished eighth. How how do we celebrate finishing eighth? We'll give him a hundred grand. That that sounds crazy. So if we take those cup drivers out of those races, we don't have that argument. The second thing is this is the first year in the chase. 
the last thing we want to do is say winner take all because that's what this format is when we get the homestead. Four guys are running for it. Whoever finished the highest wins. Again, we're setting a formula and a precedence up that Kyle Busch can win the race by 13 seconds. Kozlowski can run second. Elliott Sadler could finish ninth and potentially win the championship. That's not the playoff format and culture we're looking for. They've got to fix this because it's really confusing and almost tarnishes the brand. Let those guys be the stars on those days. Yeah, I want to see Eric Jones. I want to see, I want to see, uh, you know, William Byron. These guys. I want to see them guys race. I don't want to see Kyle take off and leave them. I want to see them guys actually what they'll do for a win. It just it it. We need the guy who's going to win the dash for cash. The guy who's going to win the championship to win the race or at least finish a respectable top three, right? And that's a lot easier for fans to understand. As much as you learn racing against Kyle Busch, Brad, um, the cup drivers that that run in all three series, you you learn a lot. You really do by watching them. For first um, lap till they're gone. Well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) but – you you do learn something. Yeah. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, no, you restart some stuff, see what they do, and but with the elimination process, with the chase, you have to find a way to make the guy in in Homestead, the whoever wins the race is going to win the championship, or you know, and that's what not have a cup guy blocking that out. Yeah, and that's what can happen. And to some degree, these cup guys get in these races, they can be a lot more aggressive. They have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. They can take a lot more chances with pit strategy. Like it, it just screws up the whole thing we're really trying to accomplish. I'll talk about the economics of it too. Kyle Busch brings sponsorship to that series. Brett Keselowski does. Kyle Larson does. Okay, but they also increase the cost of what it costs to run a, to run a race. You know, if if Justin Allgaier is going to make you know fifteen thousand on a weekend, Kyle Busch is going to make fifty. You know, so Kyle Busch is going to require more sponsorship money. We have to have sponsors to run these cars. But this is giving us a chance as a sport to almost reset, hit the reset button on the economic model to try and make this more cost-effective for the teams so that they don't have to generate as much revenue to be able to run these guys. Ultimately, you have to have a sponsor, but we also have to have this product work. And this product has Dash for Cash it has a championship with a, with a playoff format. So it, it's it's a lot of things, a lot of moving parts and pieces to take into consideration. Not an easy decision because no. just think if they come out and say, okay, next year nobody can run, you know, no no cup drivers with more than five years' experience can run Homestead. Well, what if you've already sold that race with Kyle Busch in it? Now you got to unsell it. Mm-hmm. So it, it, they're, they're treading in tricky waters, but I think we're doing the right thing. For as long as I can remember, that discussion has has gone on. Yeah. Every rules package, every series director, I mean, it's it's gone on as long as I can remember. When I started in the sport back in the late 90s, I remember we'd show up at Richmond with 70 cars trying to make the Bush Series races. I saw Dale Earnhardt miss a race, Daryl Waltrip. Big name guys miss these races. And, 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 the, and to Jason's point, the argument was going on then of, well, we just need to get these guys out of here anyway. Well – fans want to see yeah. a race. You know? I go there. To me, I would want to go. I know Saturday is for the Friday night and Saturdays are for the up-and-comers. Yeah. You know, those are the guys that are trying to get to that next level. I don't want to go on Saturday and watch Kyle Busch lead 190 of 200 laps. What, what, what is that? What fun is that? I want to see I want to see Cole Custer and John Hunter scraping doors going across start finish line, both trying to win a race. I don't want to go see the guys that are, you know, that just you know that already made it past that level once you once you get to that level and you go above it you shouldn't be able to come back and run that many maybe 
maybe limited even more to just a handful of races, you know, a few races throughout the year. The Gibbs equipment has been so good the last two years in the Xfinity Series. It's been so good in the Truck Series Toyota has because of their investment they bring to the table in those two series. And they obviously have good drivers, but that's what's ruining what we're all trying to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree 100%. So predictions for Talladega. TJ won last week. Oh, I and gotta go somehow first. is still alive to tie Brett for the season. He can he he's already if I win he loses. So right. He, so right now we're he can tied. tie you or he, he can, can tie me. Yeah. He can tie me. What color am I? I'm I'm red right here. Uh, I'm going to go with Tony Stewart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that noise. <laughs> I know who I'd pick if I were TJ. Jason gets to pick who he thinks T- is going to win. TJ. I'm I'm going to pick for TJ. I'm going to tell you what he should do. He should pick himself because yeah. he is he is recognized as one of the premier spotters in the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series at plate tracks. The 88 car is recognized as having one of the fastest cars at restricted plate tracks. Alex Bowman. The showman. Is available. And I left him open for TJ Just to for have TJ. an opportunity to pick himself because I didn't want him to get mad so because nice I picked you. him. I'm a giver. You are a giver. Selfless. You were uh, also bought time for him to pick, and he still can't pick. <laughs> You're running low on good picks, nah. man. Nah. Yet yeah. somehow he's still winning. Yes. You're running low. I told Josh earlier this season, my whole strategy, strategy was to get enough lead. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take win. Alex here. I'll take him. I'm happy. I'm proud for you. I'll take him here. I hope you win this Because that, I mean, I got a pretty decent selection of drivers coming up. I'm, so. I'm, I'm glad you took yourself. I mean, no matter what, next week. I'm going to take Jeff Gordon. So don't screw it up. You can't pick him. You've already picked him. Correct. So no matter what, next week I'm going to go Jeff Gordon. Guess who Gordon. I'm going to pick? Danny Hamlin. Yes. I don't care. He, he's still worried. He's still <laughs> – look at how he runs. Danny Hamlin will haul ass next week. Jason, you we want to predict a winner? Okay. Predict a winner, dog. I, I have to preface it by saying, first of all, I'll be doing everything I can to get 31 <laughs> Ryan Newman RCR car to win the race. Yes. But, the you know – Besides that, looking at who's been fast on the on the super speedways, I have to go with Brad Keselowski. Yeah, they're crazy fast. Yeah, he, he's good. He's he just knows where to put his car. Yeah, I, I would pick some. You know, I I like my pick, but we we're not allowed to pick twice. So I know this is my first pick. Yeah, <laughs> he's coming in with. <laughs> well, he's picking a winner. We're picking yeah, against yeah. each other. Yeah. Have I, you been listening to the any other talk shows and stuff? How you know the like uh, any other. Um, XM radio stuff. I listen to a little bit of it. Yeah. yeah. So the big debate now is whether do you lay back, do you go for the win? What what type of racing you do if you're Brad or you're Joey or somebody like that? What kind of race do you run? Oh, who's out of the chase? Yeah. Well, yeah, you got to basically win. Do you take care of your car the first half? Well, we, you know. um, you know, Ryan lays back, um, at all the speedway races ever since I started with him at uh, in 2013. Uh, we've we've laid back. You know, at certain times during the race, we do move forward. Yeah. But I, I will say one hindrance in, in doing that and then trying to go forward in the last 20 laps. Oh, it's so hard. The other drivers haven't seen you up there. Um, yeah. Um, it, it just makes it harder once it gets all blocked up. Yeah. And the guys that have been up there in the top 10 all day, they the last all of a 40 laps, you up man. there. Yeah. They make it harder well, for that, you to get through. And that last 40 laps, man, the intensity picks up. That guys are less likely to give and let you in and let do stuff like that. That's what I was saying. Yeah. And you didn't learn anything all day. Yeah. You spent three hours of watching these guys learn. And, and while you try to protect yourself, and Clint's, Clint's lately been doing the same thing, I, I really feel like 
it gives us an opportunity to get a top 10. It does not give us any opportunity to win. Well, you, even from a spotter standpoint, you know, I've been back, you, you, we, we ride back there, but then once you get in the mix of things, your wording and your timing. Yeah. Um, it takes a minute. It takes a minute to, to get it back right. Yeah. We've done both, and I, I'd rather just race. Yeah. It's so much easier. We've tried to come through the field. Uh, even with Dale Jr., we've laid back and tried to come up through the field with 20 or 30 to go. Just can't do it. It's so weird because out spotting for Elliott years ago, we were running second at Talladega, and Jimmy Johnson was right behind us and just completely took us out. I mean, it wrecked us. And you're like, we're in the front. We're where we're supposed to be. We're wrecked. And then I've also done the same thing. You're riding in the back. Next thing you know, they have the big one. You can't get slowed down or you slow down too fast. The guy behind you doesn't know it yet. And he cleans you out and you're running 38th. Like they're literally, if there was a special recipe, I think we'd all do it. Jason's dad, Dale, always told Elliot, here's the key, man. We're going to go up front. We're going to race each other smart. We're going to race as well as we can. We're never going to put each other in a bad position as teammates. But when we're coming to two to go, we have got to be going forward. That's how we're going to get the best finish and have a chance to win. That was the way DJ did it. Now, I'll say this. It used to be easier to get runs. Now there's so much parity in this restrictor plate racing. You know, three and four wide, there's only so many places you can ultimately go. Yeah. Yeah, there's – I mean, I, I I just hate trying to pass everyone at the end. It's it's a lot of work in the beginning, but if you can get the lead manipulated enough, you can kind of get them to single out behind you a little bit, and that's when it becomes your kind of rest time a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So – Dale Earnhardt going 30th to first. I mean, we remember these stories. We've seen them. Yeah. They don't happen right now. No, that the cars were so much different then. The wick, they had the wicker on the top, I think, when he yeah. did that too. They had that – the wing Two thing. by four on the top. Yeah. 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 They get four. They get four wide for however many rows. You, <laughs> you can't go you, anywhere. You might have a run, but there's no lane to. No. To yeah. And put normally, your car into. normally when you get the run, if you get the run on the outside, somebody sit there in the second lane or third lane waiting for you to pull up there, and they pull up there and stall out the whole lane. They go up there with the mindset, "Oh, you're gonna you're gonna push me in the front. Let's go, let's go." And when ultimately all it does is kill that lane. To get the outside to work, it has to start pretty much in the back with three or four cars, and they just got to work the doors off the other guys. And you know, the moment somebody pulls up is the moment they all fall backwards, and that's going to happen a bunch. I, I'm yeah. I'm going to guess it happens again, but people don't understand it. The other spotters are like, "Oh, they're coming with a run out there. Let's pull in front of them." Well, that doesn't work. Yeah. You can't. It needs to start back there, and where it starts is the cars that needs to finish but they can get in behind you yeah. and make the train longer that way but the moment somebody pulls up in front of you and stalls the lane out it is unless it's a car with a lot of motor that rebounds quickly it has to be a really really a really, really good car it, it is so much easier to spot for a fast car to plate track than a slow car anywhere it, it's anyway, anyway that's <laughs> yeah. absolutely true anywhere but i mean when you look at a plate track and you're playing defense all day and they're coming on both sides it's it's hard it is hard it's hard yeah Definitely. When you when you see these guys go out and qualify, and you see you know the pole speed, and then you get back to you know thirtieth, thirty fifth place, and they're over a second off on two and a half miles around the track, and then you see that same guy that was a second and a half off be competitive in the race, his spotter is working his ass off because that car is not as fast. The driver's working his ass off too. It's yeah. Tough. State uh, chase standings. We got uh, eight guys locked in, four fighting for a spot to get in. It's tight. I mean, looking at the points, it almost looks like the top six should be kind of safe, but we're going to Talladega. So, I mean, you look yeah. at – I don't think Truex and Logano are anywhere near safe. No. 
No, I, I think you're right. I think you have to look up there at, at fifth, sixth place, not being safe just because of where we're going for the, the elimination race. You know, I, I think, uh, I mean, obviously Chase Elliott has to basically win the race. Uh, Period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brad and Denny could maybe get in if they get up there and finish second or third and some of these other guys getting a wreck. And that's um, two of the best plate racers in the field. Yeah. Um, Denny Hamlin invented the tandem. He invented it at Talladega years ago. He caught the car in front of him and proceeded to push him out to like a 10-second lead. And that's when we all started going for these tandem rules and trying to keep our cars cool to be able to do tandem. Denny's one of the best plate racers. Daytona 500 winner this year. Brad's good. But Austin. I will say that that I don't think um, – uh, the end of this year's Daytona 500 is really weird to me. Like, how often do you have a guy come from the fifth row back with a big run and not get blocked at some point? Yeah. I mean, that's the last lap of the race. That guy in third or fourth needs to take that chance and go and get up there. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity, and somebody would have been, you know, I, I, very rarely does it ever play out like that where a guy can come from that far out without getting blocked good, and I don't feel like Matt threw the best block. Matt didn't have his regular spotter. Matt didn't have the best block on him, probably because he didn't under, didn't know everything. He probably thought it was just going to – I mean, you're leading three and four Daytona 500. You're probably – you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um, you won't see that at Talladega simply because of where the start-finish line is. Yeah. Well, that too, yeah. It, and it's it, it changes it's so wide too. Yeah. So what the also what the Gibbs cars did at Daytona or ta- Daytona also isn't really going to work here. Where you get four of them lined up, you can't just control everything. This is so wide and so big that this is kind of a different playing field for that. So I think uh, I, I think those guys are in trouble, man. I think Logano has to race this race to try and win. He's he may as well consider himself out. I he think, doesn't have a point cushion. I think True Truex plus thirteen is not not terrible. Yeah. The Logano is basically going to have to race to win. Yeah. Austin Dillon's going to have to race to win. Yeah. Danny Hamlin, all them guys got to race to win. They do. They I do. don't think they can points their way in. I don't think I don't think Austin, unless they have a big wreck, finishing finishes tenth, gets him in. I just don't. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be exciting. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not I'm not glad that I'm not in this group. Yeah. But I'm glad that I'm not right here, you know, trying to fit cuz we were there. Jason and I were talking about it before we started this podcast. I mean, just when you're in and 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 I even said we finished second in the chase standings with Clint behind Keselowski, second with Elliott behind Stenhouse in the same year. At no point did I feel the intensity that I felt last weekend during the Charlotte Xfinity race. These guys, these drivers, these spotters in this plate race at Talladega, holy cow. I can't imagine. I can't imagine after last week's Xfinity race. Yeah. Do y'all not remember for the fall Talladega last year? Good Lord, man. It's crazy. I mean, we, had to ra- we had to win, and we lost by like five inches or yeah. whatever it was when the caution came out, whenever, yeah. whenever uh, you know, Harvard decided to wipe the field out. So. Yeah. yeah. Then that's – we may see somebody do something crazy again. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. That's for sure. You know what we need to talk about next week? The hundred percent roll in the Xfinity series. We talked about it last week, didn't we? No. No. Happened again this week. Did it? Remember? Remember uh the the eighteen let the twenty get up there and lead a lap? Uh, I went down to TJ yeah. on the spotter stand. Kyle Bush has got a straightaway lead. All yeah. of a sudden Suarez starts catching him. Suarez catches the eighteen, leads one lap, Kyle drives back around him and drives off. And it's like I go down yeah. to TJ, I'm like because TJ and I are both obviously in the in the chase and teammates in the Xfinity side. And I'm like, did you, did you, did you see that whole hundred percent rule deal? So yeah, yeah, 
So maybe it doesn't exist in that series. Maybe that was our rant right there. Maybe, maybe <laughs> it's only a cup series. Maybe it's only a cup series. Yeah. Must be. I mean, Charlotte, we had guys pulling off the pit yeah. randomly. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Jason, thanks for coming home. <laughs> yeah, thank you thank so you. much. We appreciate it. Great addition to already good-looking group. Fantastic. Great-looking group. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you having me on. It yeah. Was a lot thanks of fun. for coming down. Sure. Heck, yeah. Thanks to Juan May for bringing this to you guys. Exalta Studios. TJ, get your beads, man. We're going to Talladega. Sling them. Holla. Behave. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliott Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. 